Hello everyone and welcome to the very first edition of The Gorilla Position, uh, named for the late, great, and in my opinion, best announcer in the history of wrestling, uh, Gorilla Monsoon, but that's beside the point. My name is Mark Horton. I used to host a podcast known as All Blown Up, which many of you who are probably listening to this have probably heard because otherwise you would, probably wouldn't know this existed. Uh, but unlike Bob Blown Up, I have a co-host for my shows with the Gorilla Position, and for the, I'd like to go ahead and introduce that fine, upstanding gentleman now. Uh, well, welcome to the show, Matt. Hello, all. My name is Matt Stone, and I will be here co-hosting the Gorilla Position. I will hopefully be the heathen to his monsoon. Well, there you go. As long as, yeah, be- better than the, the Genetti to my Sean, you know. That's the hope in <laughs> That's right. Uh, each week here on the Gorilla Position, we'll, we'll be discussing either the major news of the week, if there is any, and they're not always going to be news, uh, we'll either do that, we'll be discussing topics that are going on right now, which we'll be discussing some topics today, because there's really not a whole lot of news outside of the Royal Rumble, which is coming up, uh, and sometimes we'll just get into discussions, and sometimes we'll actually have guests, uh, and I'll let you know who we're going to have guests and who they're going to be when we have them. If you would like to follow either one of us on Twitter, or both of those if you don't already, you can follow me at what you say Mark, which is you, letter U, not the word what you say Mark. Now, where can they find you, Matt? Uh, you can find me at Yappa Matt, Y-A-P-P-A-M-A-T-T. There you go. Oh. Uh, the remnants of his former podcast he used to do from WCW. So, there you go. Um, we're going to dig right in this week. Uh, as I said, not a lot of news going on except for the Rumble. So we're going to get to that last and talk a little bit about some Raw and SmackDown highlights. But before we get into that, just to give you a little idea, uh, I, I'll let Matt handle this his way. But to me, I am not the target audience for the major wrestling promotions. I am the lapsed viewer. Uh, I, do, I do not watch the regular shows week in, week out because, quite frankly, I, they, they put me to sleep. They're very, very boring and just not very entertaining to me. I do follow along. I do read recaps. I do read reviews. I find I know what's going on. I just do not watch the shows generally because they bore the piss out of me anymore. Uh, and that includes all the major companies right now. Uh, I do watch Lucha Underground once in a while, but not often. Uh, Matt, how, uh, how avid of a wrestling viewer are you for our listeners? Um, well, I'm, I suppose I can be labeled as a casual viewer at this point. I've been watching WWE for the past 25 years, I'd say. And I've dabbled in TNA when it was on television here in Canada, but other than that, it's, I'm strictly WWE. Um, as for Raw and SmackDown, I don't watch them live. I prefer to watch them with the aid of my DVR so I can skip over the parts that aren't that interesting, which, as the days progress, it becomes more and more proportional to the hours of wrestling given, but I still sludge on and try and watch what I can. I, I do the same, but with YouTube clips. Uh you can watch, I can watch all the shows on WWE, uh, two and three hour shows, and I can be done with them in about 15 minutes if I just watch the clips that interest me. So, like I say, uh, Matt is more in tune with it, but I still keep up with it. So we are knowledgeable wrestling fans. I've been watching wrestling also since, oh my God, probably since I was like seven years old. Uh, I mean, I've been WrestleMania three, I think. With the, no, WrestleMania two was the first one I remember watching. So it's, I've been here a little while, I promise. We're not just, you know, we didn't just start watching yesterday and decide to do a podcast. That was last week. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're going to get right into it. The first thing, the topic for today, because again, not a lot of news, is we're going to talk a little bit about the WWE Hall of Fame. Because this past week, the WWE started announcing their Hall of Fame inductees. And each year, that's always a discussion point. And we're going to talk a little bit about the ones 
who are in that we think belong there and the ones who are, in, who, are, who are in there who we think don't belong there. But before we get to that, I know Matt has some, some strong feelings about Kurt Angle being the first inductee this year. Go ahead, Matt. No, oh, Kurt Angle is by far my favorite wrestler to watch, not just in the ring, but I find him to be endlessly entertaining on the microphone as well. I think it's definitely well-deserved that he got finally put in the Hall of Fame, and quite frankly, it's overdue. I understand that their relationship was strained for a while, so that might have contributed to him not being in there, but I'm so glad that he's getting the recognition he deserves, and as he put on Twitter himself, finally coming home. I agree with you 100%. Kurt Angle is one of my absolute favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, I would rank him. I know a lot of people think, you know, in this generation that Shawn Michaels is up there. I would put him at that same level, personally, as far as entertaining matches go. And he can talk well, too, of course. Uh, but So, congratulations to Kurt. I'm pretty sure he's probably not going to be listening. But either way, good job. <laughs> good job, man. We're proud of you. Proud of you. Um, Much congratulations. There you go. Long overdue. It'll probably be a lot better than the used watch you got from TNA, too. Um, <laughs> ah, that's another Didn't story. you turn down their Hall of Fame, or was that just like an angle thing? That was angle. Or, well, angled. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that was angle. He ended up getting it, and it was a used watch that they bought. I think that, I think I heard, uh, what was it? Was it Bruce Pritchard who said that, you know, all the Hall of Fame watches, they get them off of eBay or something? Because <laughs> he used to work there. That's another story. Okay, the WWE Hall of Fame has a long list of people uh, in its hallowed halls, and Matt and I uh, poured over for a while and decided to pick out the three that we thought did belong, who are already there, or, or, or I should say who aren't there, and the three who are there who don't belong. So let's get to the ones who do belong but aren't there now. Uh, and I'll, I'll, Matt and I will just go back and forth, and we'll discuss these just a little bit. Matt, the first one on my list is Ravishing Rick Rude. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. He was a staple in the 80s and early 90s, and even before that, before he came to WWE, when he was in the AWA. So I, I think Rick Rude is definitely deserving of the Hall of Fame. What I'd like to have right now is for you to go ahead and give out your first one then, because I agree with you 100%. Well, the first person I think who should be in, I don't think there's going to be any controversial selection at all and that would be the late Owen Hart. I understand that there's family issues there which may be preventing him from being in there but yeah. the quote unquote nugget deserves to get that <laughs> last nugget of fame and put it in the hall. Well I, I would agree with you 100% the issues you're talking about I have heard I don't obviously don't know this for a fact but I've heard that his wife was not would not allow it doesn't want it so or his I should say his widow now but yeah so if, if that's the case then she's probably the one holding it up which is very, very unfortunate. There, there was some positivity, though, as they were, did release an Owen Hart compilation collection last year, so hopefully well, they're, they're starting to mend those fences, and before too long, he'll be able to well, where he belongs. Not, not to be too pessimistic, but, you know, she probably got some money off of that, and there's not a whole lot of money going to the Hall of Fame. That's just kind of a one-time deal, you know? You actually get royalties and stuff off DVD, so I could be wrong about that. Though. For uh, once in my life, I'm trying not to be too cynical. I'll gladly I'll, I'll, I'll fill in the chinks. Um, another gentleman who I feel belongs in there uh, is the, even though he did not do a whole lot in the WWE, and he himself has said he doesn't belong in there, and he also has said he uh, hasn't done a great deal to deserve it himself, it would be Jim Cornette. Uh, while he's been very, very critical, and that's putting it lightly, of the WWE and pretty much every wrestling promotion ever, 
uh, <laughs> and about the last 20 years, he still belongs in there because of his contribution to the wrestling business. And you have people in the WWE Hall of Fame right now who, uh, I mean, if Vince McMahon's limo driver can go into the Hall of Fame, I feel like Jim Cornette can too. And I'm referring, of course, to James Dudley. And I know James Dudley did more than that. But, I mean, that's how Vince got to know him because Vince doesn't watch other wrestling promotions. He just knows him because he used to drive his limo. Uh, would you agree with Jim Cornette? Absolutely. And I think there's a precedent for people like Jim Cornette who may not have had the biggest impact on screen in WWE but have been influencing the wrestling business for decades. You have people like Sting who was in the Hall of Fame before his first match, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. And he's recognized for all of his work outside of the WWE. There's plenty of other wrestlers who were wrestling even before the WWE Hall of Fame was a thing. And they have been put in because they were great contributors back in their prime. And I think James E. Cornette, the last 30 years, has been a great influence and deserves their recognition. Mm -hmm. would, amen, brother. Uh, who you got next? Uh, my next selection is a more recent star who <laughs> I'm not exactly sure why he's not in the Hall of Fame right now, and that would be The Rock. He, he came up, I'd say maybe five years after Austin, in terms of when he started wrestling, but he rose to the top much quicker than almost anyone else I can think of, and he was on top for a good five years before he left to pursue other ventures, I guess is the way to put it. But he's done a lot more than a lot of people in the Hall of Fame right now, and he's still coming back, he's still getting appearances, he's still drawing numbers whenever his name is even mentioned. So I think The Rock would be a surefire Hall of Fame. I, I would agree with you, and I'm positive he's going to be at some point or another. Uh, uh, there's no there's no doubt in my mind about that because they love him. As a matter of fact, his family, except for Samoa Joe, his family, the only Samoans allowed to wrestle in WWE, I think. Um, <laughs> and Joe might be connected to him. Joe might be connected to him in some way. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure The Rock will go in at some point, and he'll probably have a flamethrower or something when he does. Uh, if you remember WrestleMania. For whatever reason, I don't know why he had the flamethrower, but whatever. Um, and of course, I'm since you had your obvious pick, here's my most obvious pick, and that's of course The Undertaker, because the guy's been there for freaking 30 years practically. Uh, well, yeah, coming up on 30 years in 2020, or 2020, I should say. So, obviously he belongs in there. He has, he, he's, he was a, he has been a major part of WrestleMania. Uh, he continues to be a major part of WrestleMania. There's no doubt in my mind that he will get inducted, though, so I'm not, I don't think it's really a case of, you know, if he should. It's just a case of when. What do you think? Oh, yeah, Undertaker should be in. Again, they may be not putting him in because he's active, but there's precedence for that, too. Flair went in before his last match, most notably that I can recall, and Taker has been the WWE for 25 years? Since 91 or 90? Late 90. 1990. Yeah, so 27 years he has been in the company, and he's been a staple. He Lots of people came and went. Undertaker's been there since his first debut, and he's been he's been a, pretty much a main eventer for those entire 27 years. He really has, um, so there's no doubt in my mind that he will you know, eventually go in. There's no question. It's only a matter of time. Uh, of course, uh, you, you get the last one here. Who else you got? Well, my last one is comparable to Jim Cornette, and that would be the mastermind behind ECW, Paul Heyman. Uh, 
again, like Cornette, he, he may not have the biggest resume on screen, although the entire legacy of ECW, which still gets chanted to this day whenever they're in Philly or whenever something hardcore happens, as WWE has deemed it, you still get those ECW chants, and that's all because of the genius of Paul Heyman. Uh, not even counting his work as Brock Lesnar's advocate, and considering the one time we all saw someone else try and talk for Brock, Paul Heyman is um, just a cut above everyone else in terms of promos, in terms of ingenuity and for the ECW brand, and I think he definitely deserves a nod in here. For the impact he had in the wrestling business, I would say so. Uh, he's not really, as we already said, has not done a really whole lot in the WWE. Uh, I know you. I know a lot of people really enjoy his work he does for Brock Lesnar. Uh, I did the first two times until I heard the same promo for the rest of the next three years. It's the same thing all the time. It's the most part. He just repeats himself a lot, and he just you know it's, kind of, it's like Mad Libs when he does those promos. Brock eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. Filling pay per view name here against. Feeling name here. It, it, it reads the same to me all the time every time I listen to it. But, like I say, for his accomplishments in wrestling, yes. Uh, if it was just purely based on WWE, no, I wouldn't give it to him. Um, next up, we're going to do Who Doesn't Belong? And since I took the lead on the first one, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Who, who's your first one who does not belong in the Hall of Fame? Well, you're going to get a, uh, you're going to see a pattern when you go through my list of people who I don't think belong in the Ruby Hall of Fame, and it's going to be people who were there for a while and never did anything of note. The first name on my list is Coco Beware. Now, as someone who has watched wrestling from the 80s and 70s even with Coco, he never drew any money that I've noticed. He was never a top guy. He was never even a winning guy. He was basically just named enhancement talent who had a bird who was probably more over than he was. He, he was so, bigger before he became came to WWE, actually. Uh, he In the territories he was in before that, he was a major star there. And when he came to WWE, he was kind of marginalized, ultimately. I think so, that might be what it is. That could, I could be wrong, but that's just my theory. Based on the matches I've seen of his, I, I can see why he'd be marginalized. <laughs> he, he seemed like a poor JYD to me. Oh, in terms of charisma, in terms of just in-ring talent. Junkyard Dog was able to compel the crowd in WWE. I never saw that once with Coco. Well, Frankie maybe in the Hall of Fame, but not Coco. Well, I think Frankie's gone by now, but I could be wrong. Um, the, another gentleman who just recently passed away, and I know some people think, oh my goodness, he's a wonderful person, and you know he really belongs in there, and I'll be the, I'll be the asshole who says he doesn't, and that's Jimmy Snuka. Uh, was Jimmy Snuka a fantastic wrestler? Absolutely. I've watched many of his matches. I used to think he was awesome. I thought he was fantastic. But I'm of the mind that uh, when you're suspected of murder, and if you look at the facts and read the stories about it, that's pretty much almost foregone conclusion that he did commit murder because he was the only one in the hotel room when his girlfriend died when she bu- uh, had her head busted open. I mean, chances are it was either him or the Invisible Man, so I'm going to go with Snuka. And if if we're not gonna if we're gonna discount other people because of crimes they've committed from the Hall of Fame, I don't think he should be much different. So Jimmy Snuka would probably be my first one who does not belong to his in the Hall of Fame. What you got next? Uh, my second would be two people actually, and that would be Luke and Bush of the Bushwhackers. They were just recently brought in in 2009, I believe. And how they got in the Hall of Fame, I will never know. Maybe you could enlighten us to their incredible work in the territories but on most notably on pay-per-views they would have 
what seemed to be house show matches where they stall for 15 minutes, they pander to the crowd, and then they go on and lose. And 1992 Royal Rumble springs to mind where they were paired up with that awful cretin, uh, Jameson. And dear Lord, that match was painful to watch. I could tell you a funny story about Jameson. He is, uh, you know how they found him? Um, I believe they found him doing stand-up in a nightclub. Nope, nope. He was a performer in a dinner theater that the McMahons went to one time. And uh, uh, they really thought he was very entertaining in his role, so that's how he got the job. I, I heard that from Bruce Pritchard, so that's what he said. That's where they got him from, so, you know, I, I won't argue with Bruce. I think the Bushwhackers are also in, not also are, I think they're in there not so much for their WWF run, but for their run prior to that, because, I mean, the guys have been in wrestling for about 40 years, and they wrestled up in Stampede Wrestling, which is in Canada, and you're... In, in your neck of North America, as well as the NWA, the AWA, the UWF, uh, by the time they got to WWE, they were kind of on the on the down on the twilight of their careers, if you will. Uh, they didn't really accomplish a whole lot there. I think they were probably in because of where they what they did before they got there. And I'm, I promise you, they probably didn't lick each other's heads a whole lot before they got to the WWF. Well, this might just be a failure of WWE then, because for all the packages they showed, they were only showing the WWE stuff, and none of it was noteworthy. They spent most of their video package, I believe, showcasing the Bushwhackers and Mean Gene Okerlund on Safari. Well, they're, which, they're trying to be entertaining, yeah. Uh, believe it or not, they... they I, I guess if you're going to show something, don't show their matches. Show that <laughs> it's something. Now, there you go. Um, my last two picks are going to be from the Celebrity Hall of Fame, because, well, I mean, really. Uh, the first one's going to be Snoop Dogg. Who went in last year? And if anybody watching <laughs> could tell me a legitimate reason, or I'm sorry, listening, could tell me a legitimate reason for Snoop Dogg being in a wrestling hall of fame, even if it is the celebrity wing, other than the fact that it's free media that gets the WWE in a, in a couple of headlines from three websites that still care about what Snoop Dogg does. If you could tell me why Snoop Dogg belongs in the WWE hall of fame, I will be very impressed and will, and I probably can't do it in person, but I will... In spirit, shake your hand, especially if I believe you. What you got? What do you think about Snoop Dogg? Um, he butchered Sasha Banks' theme song last year. Well, then, then well, it's okay because they ended up butchering the ending of that match for. Because she came out and Eddie Guerrero's theme he, or music or attire and still lost. Go ahead. And he had once. Oh wait, wasn't he in that Playboy pillow fight with Carlito? Yes, and you're still not convincing me. Oh, I'm not trying to convince you. Oh, okay. <laughs> the celebrity wing itself should be thrown out as far as I'm concerned. Thank you. So, you, you, would, you would agree. Celebrity wing on my list. You would agree he probably doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. No. Okay. I wouldn't even put him in the Music Hall of Fame, personally, but that's with me. Um, all right, what else? What's your next one? So, my last one I actually just changed because I remember that they put him in for some ungodly reason. And that would be Razor Ramon. Now, if you want to make an argument for Scott Hall being in the Hall of Fame, I'm right there with you. But they were explicit that it was Razor Ramon going in. So that would be his work from late 92 to early 96 is what they're basing this Hall of Fame on, if they're calling him Razor Ramon. As, uh, from what I can think of, no other person has been inducted by gimmick <laughs> except for Razor Ramon and... As Razor Ramon, sure, he had great ladder matches with Shawn Michaels. He came in feuding for the world championship against Bret Hart in Rumble 93. 
But Razor Ramon, and I'm doing air quotes here, which you can't see, so I don't know why I'm still doing them. But Razor Ramon does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Scott Hall, I would say put Scott Hall in. Scott Hall had great influence after he left WWE as joining the NWO, and we all know the giant run that company went on on the backs of those three gentlemen, but Razor Ramon, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you my theory as to why they're using, why they did that, and that is because that's the name, that WWE owns that name, so they can still market that name. They don't own the name Scott Hall because that's his actual name, so I think that's probably why it is. And besides that, when WWE logic is, everything they do is the best. So, you know, no matter what version of it it is. So they're going to put that in, and they're going to put that over first. In do my they guess. own Kevin Nash? Because Kevin Nash went in underneath Kevin Nash. As his well, name. he actually wrestled as Kevin Nash for a little while, too. Uh, Scott, Scott Hall, Hall never... wrestled in yeah, 2002 he... as Scott Hall. Yeah, but uh, that's true. I forgot about that. This he lost to Austin in Mania 18. That's when they did the NWO invasion. I, yeah. Thankfully, I'd forgotten about that. Now I've just been reminded. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Um, and my last entry into the uh, into the uh, who doesn't belong who's in there is William the Refrigerator Perry, who wrestled in the Battle Royal at WrestleMania 2. And if I recall, lost. So, but for some reason, uh, he's in there. I'm not sure why or what his purpose is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure why or what his purpose is, but I'm going to, I'm going to lump him in and give you a bonus, uh, member of the hall of fame who doesn't belong because it's their first episode. You deserve a bonus. Drew Carey. Dear God, this man was in the Royal Rumble for about three minutes and he tried to pay Kane off. (laughs) (laughs) While that was entertaining and I do remember that clearly, it was funny he does not belong in a wrestling hall of fame. If the price is right, has a hall of fame, put him in there, but <laughs> not, not the WWE. Would you, would you care to differ or agree on either Drew Carey or William, the refrigerator Perry? Uh, I'll say this about William Perry. He has a touchdown in the super bowl. Whereas Gail Sayers did not. Yeah. I remember that. Not Gail, Cause Gail Sayers. Yeah. Anyways, he does not deserve to be in the hall of fame. Drew Carey, why he he did less than William Perry did. I think I think Perry sold for Big John Stud in the Battle Royal. Drew Carey walked in the ring, watched the Hardys push each other off the top rope, stood there for a second, wet his pants when Kane came out, and then leapt over the top rope. Don't forget, he tried to offer him some money. Oh, you covered that, so I, <laughs> I think I would sum- summarize right past that one. There we go. There we go. So there you have it, folks. There's your. There's your list of our opinion. Who do you feel uh, belongs or doesn't? Hit up Matt or I, the one on Twitter, at Yappa Matt with two Ps, or what you say, Mark, with just the U, not the whole word. And let us know. Who do you believe? Tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why we're right. Tell us who you'd add or take off. Whatever. We'll, we'll still listen and respond, most likely. Uh, like I said, the next thing I want to bring up just briefly is because it recently happened, and I've been seeing a lot of commentary on it, and that's the recent sale of TNA Wrestling. Now, and of course, the, and we're going to get to the, uh, and we're going to talk about the logo in just a second. Now, for those who don't know, probably the five of you who are wrestling fans that listen to this podcast and have never heard of this for some reason, all five of you, um, TNA recently was sold to a company called Anthem Sports Entertainment, or Anthem Sports. And if you didn't know who Anthem was, all you have to do is look at their at the new TNA logo or anywhere in the ring for TNA now because their name is on it. Anthem has put their name on everything with TNA. I am surprised that the wrestlers do not come out with anthems stapled across their ass 
It's all on the turnbuckles. It's on the logo. It's everywhere. So, yeah, Anthem owns TNA, and we get that. They bought TNA from uh, controlling interest from Dixie Carter. Why did they buy it from Dixie Carter? Because Dixie Carter could not manage a goldfish bowl, much less a wrestling company. I remember uh, listening to a podcast not too long ago. I, I do listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts, actually, uh, where they would talk about more than one person has said this. TNA would let talent go so they could pay the light bill. Let that sink in for a second. Uh, <laughs> I believe, I, I might be misquoting him, but I believe that was the reason I was, they, it was quoted that they let Jay Lethal go because they had to pay the electricity bill. Everything with TNA is this massive, massive mismanagement. So Dixie Carter sold the company, hot damn. You can only go up from there because she was absolutely terrible at her job. No question about it. Uh, and now Anthem is in charge and they recently brought back uh, Dutch Mantel and Jeff Jarrett which is kind of a weird decision to me because if you want to get better, you don't go back to the past. You try to build for the future, but well, that's another story. But what I don't know about is, is the new logo. Have you seen the new logo, folks? It is ugly. Um, do you do you enjoy big owls? <laughs> because if you do, you'll like this logo. You've seen it, Matt. What, what, what do you think? Well, it, it looks like Impact Wrestling was bought by Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. They have a giant owl covering up the A in Impact, which I I guess they didn't go with TNA because then the owl would be all the way pushed to the right. And they want this thing smack dab in the middle. That That's the logo for Anthem. Yeah, which they want incorporated in all TNA-related... It's even, it's even on the underneath the owl, just in case you miss it. It's right there underneath the where it says Impact Wrestling Anthem. Yeah. So, huh. really... yeah, the, the owl's there and the word Anthem is there. Yeah, they you, are very proud of this purchase. <laughs> and again, if you watch the shows, I don't recommend doing it, but if you watch the shows, they're not, they actually put it on the turnbuckles, too. Well, I'll have to take your word on that <laughs> one. I, I unfortunately haven't had a chance to catch up with our old TNA Impact in a while. Uh, if you go by the numbers, chances are you're not alone. There's more people not watching than are. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, they, they'd probably make more money if they charge people to get out of the building than to get into it. But... Uh, they charging to get in? I'm, I know for a while they weren't. Well, yeah, for the pay-per-views, I think they're going to be doing. Um, either way, the, 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 the we, we get it, Anthem. We understand. You, you, you're proud of your purchase, and it probably didn't cost you a whole lot because, I mean, constantly TNA owes money to everybody. I'm pretty sure they probably owe one, me and Matt money. We just don't know it yet. Uh, they don't pay anybody. They uh, Checks got late, all that kind of stuff. You've heard all the stories probably. So, you know, I'm glad you're proud of your purchase, but, you know, we get you on it. Uh, it it's hard to miss. So you know, if you wanna if you wanna get a better logo, maybe that would be nice. I do understand they're gonna stop calling it TNA. And I found yeah. and I found out recently who named it TNA. I always assumed it was Jerry Jarrett. Vince Russo. Oh dear lord. He took credit for it. He said he he suggested it as a joke. He did not expect them to actually take it, and he did, and they did obviously. So. Either way, they're, apparently they're moving away from that name and just going to call it Impact Wrestling, which is fine. That's a good name. I, I have no problem with the name. Uh, I know the logo is kind of a nitpicky thing, but it's really that ugly. That actually raises an interesting question here, Mark. Is that the whole story of Vince Russo? Is he suggests something as a joke and they do it? That would uh, explain a lot. Well, if you if you listen to him talk about it, uh, he takes credit for most of the great good things, like, you know, when they had the highest ratings ever. 
versus you know when the stuff that didn't work too well that wasn't that was you know that that was somebody else writing for him. Um, it's a, a lot of wrestling writers do that though. I mean, if you if you listen to anybody who writes wrestling, they tend to take credit for the best stuff, and then they're just like, oh well, the shit was that that guy over there. <laughs> that that's the way they do. Um, but he did Vince say that. So. Vince Russo needs to be on Celebrity Apprentice because that's the exact same thing they do there. <laughs> that would be amazing. He he could also be a very good politician in that case. Um, anyway, before we get to the Rumble predictions, which we're going to get to in just a minute, we're actually going to go down the whole Rumble card. Uh, our friend Matt here has has devoted minutes and hours of his time <laughs> to to sit through the Drake that is Raw and SmackDown. And no, no, we're not going to go through segment by segment all up down the show because good that lord, that would yeah that, that who would do that. Um, we're not going to do that. We are going to hit the highlights a little bit, or Matt's going to hit the highlights, and we'll discuss you know, here and there before we get to the Rumble. So, Matt, let's start with the flagship. All three fucking hours <laughs> of Monday Night Raw. Go ahead. Uh, so, there was quite a lot of lowlights, so I'm just going to skip over. But in terms of highlights, this won't uh, take long, we open up with Roman Reigns in the ring, and he's still being booed out of the building like a year later. Uh, I think he gets it at this point. I don't know why we're still booing him. I think he's been booked a lot better the last six months or so. He was in he was in the mid card for a while, still getting booed in the building like he's being forced down our throats. He had a great program with Rusev, and now he's back in the main event. But he's out, and he's saying that he's going to win the title at the Rumble because he's the face, and that's what people say coming up to pay-per-views. Jericho come out. They talk again. Um... The entire build of this match has been more about the shark cage that Jericho is going to be thrown into instead of talking about the Universal Championship, I've found. Um, they just did this on NXT, too, where they had a shark cage be used to keep someone from interfering. So it seems it it already seems repetitive, even though prior to NXT we hadn't seen it in years, but just doing it that's this close after. I believe it was Survivor Series, the NXT takeover right before that, that they had a shark cage being used. There's and a, now it's being used here again. There, there, there's a reason for that. Would you not know the reason? Are the they re- promoting their new toy? That's it. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> that's why they did it in NXT, and now they're doing it on the main roster. Uh, their, their, their action figure provider created a thing called the Crash Cage for their action figures and accessories, and that's that's what that's meant to get you excited for. There's a lot of complaints about movies like Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad where it looked like the movie was made to promote toys. Do not make wrestling about promoting toys, please. It, it doesn't work. It's too late. They've already done it. No, oh, stop doing it. <laughs> uh, Jericho says that even though he'll be in the cage on Royal Rumble, he can go down there and beat up Roman Reigns right now, Dagnabbit. Roman Reigns agrees, and somehow this turns into Jericho giving him a rematch for the U.S. title because Kevin Owens thinks it's a great idea. Of course. So, uh, Sammy's, the, the Sami Zayn odyssey of trying to beat Braun Strowman over the past month is finally taking a halt as he now wants to be in the Royal Rumble. And he wants to know what he has to do to declare himself in the Rumble because everyone else seems to be doing that. But, oh no, Stephanie McMahon, via telephone, decides to emasculate everyone. She doesn't need to be in the building to make people feel like shit. Uh, Sami Zayn has to qualify, and in order to qualify, he's got to face Seth Rollins for Seth Rollins' spot. So, basically, whoever loses this match is out of the Rumble. They have their match at the one-hour main event. 
it's a great match. I, I'd recommend this would be one of those YouTube highlights I'd recommend looking up if you can. Um, one particular spot sees Seth Rollins' pedigree, Sami Zayn on the apron, because doing things on the apron is the new hot thing I've noticed in the last year or so. It's the mo- it's more dangerous than that middle rope. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, the, the 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 ring apron has turned into Lindsay Lohan. You know, everybody wants to get with her, but I want to talk about it. Um, yeah, uh, as far as Stephanie McMahon goes, that's a whole show I could go on about because uh, you know she doesn't have what I would call good heat. She has heat that not. It's not heat where you like, you know, fuck, uh, I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do next. Just get off the TV. You know, no one wants to listen to you. And she does this every show And not when I watched it. And when I watch the clip, she still does it. And there's never any payoff for it. She just does it. So basically we're getting Stephanie McMahon over every week at the expense of the people who are actually going to be actually wrestling. You know? <laughs> Ironically, the, the one time she received comeuppance was that mania last year where Roman Reigns speared her, and Roman Reigns got booed for doing it. Well. So the, the one time she gets something, I the will, fans don't like it because Roman Reigns is involved. I will, I will always remember that mania for the, for, the, for the opening segment to that match. And I'll always remember it because I remember tweeting about this that night. They just put his picture on the video wall to promote the match, and his picture got booed. He hadn't even come out yet. They were booing his picture. Yeah. I will never forget that. But anyway, so Zayn wins. Seth is out of the Royal Rumble, as you said, uh, because of the uh, roll-up, I believe. Um, so I didn't, again, that just, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, Rollins and Triple H is almost guaranteed to happen at Mania, so we knew Rollins wasn't winning the Rumble anyways. Right. So it's... And honestly, Rollins not in the Rumble means that we're not going to see Triple H win the fucking championship again like he did last year, which really pissed me off, but that's a different topic, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so after they do that match, they go into Owens being on commentary for the Jericho-Roman Reigns match. It goes on for about five minutes. Owens interferes. Match is thrown out. Uh, Reigns gets the upper hand on both of them. Owens gets thrown in the cage. Jericho gets punched in the mouth. Roman Reigns raises his hands. People boo. Reigns leaves. The end of story. Come back from commercial, we see Jericho and Owens. Now Owens is out of the cage. They're, they get interviewed by someone whom I don't know. And it turns out she has breaking news. Not only is Jericho going to be in the cage the entire time, but it's now going to be a notice qualification match. Uh-huh. They don't like this. I don't know why, because Owens has great track record in no disqualification matches um it it almost makes jericho being in the cage seem pointless because there's no disqualification so he can easily just find someone in the back to lower the cage and then it'll be like king of the ring 99 where no one knows who did it but jericho will get free and we'll end on the same thing but that's kind of spoiling my predictions for the rumble it's all right mark what do you think about this match being suddenly turned into no dq well, at Cornell University, let me put it this way, Cornell University, they have a machine that can break down an atom to its very, very core, and you can see every single little piece uh, on a microscopic level of, this, of the parts of that atom. If I took my interest in this match, you wouldn't be able to find it with that machine. So that gives you an idea. I don't care. I don't like Kevin Owens. <laughs> I don't mind Roman Reigns, but I don't care about Kevin Owens. Here's why. 
Because I, growing up as I did in the 80s, wrestlers look like wrestlers. Kevin Owen doesn't look like a wrestler to me. Uh, he looks like the guy that works at the auto parts store where I live. And there is a guy who looks very similar to him, actually. Um, he doesn't look like a wrestler. Is he a wrestler? Yes. Is he a talented wrestler? Yes. I just don't care about him. And he's done nothing to make me care about him at all. That's probably, you know, if I was more interested in him, I'd probably watch Raw more. <laughs> but I don't. I only threw clips. So if it's an ODQ match, who cares? Uh, I'm sure my logic is if I know WWE booking, unless they're going to do a title switch, Jericho will find a way out of the cage. They'll both beat the shit out of him. And Roman Reigns will become, you know, he'll put the, put the cape on, you know, the Superman cape. And just do it anyway, because he's done it before. So, I guess I've ruined my my, my prediction, too. But, <laughs> either way, it, I, I don't care about this match. I'm not interested. I don't even, you know, I, I think the Universal title is a stupid name. Um, when I think Universal, I think Universal Studios. So, I'm like, oh, wow, Kevin Owens is the champion with TNA films. Fantastic. <laughs> it doesn't have the same, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But, if you're excited about this match, great. I'm not. Yeah, I've got a much higher opinion of Kevin Owens than you do, but in terms of interest, mine's right there with you. Well, that's what it is. The interest is not there for me. I'm not interested in him. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler. He's not. He's a very good wrestler. He's very talented as far as... Uh, his commentary in the ring is much more entertaining than his commentary at the boats, in my opinion. I've, I've heard him talk during matches, and it's usually very entertaining. But I just, I, I just can't find a reason to care. So... So maybe it's me, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe it's, uh, I'll probably get some, some smart Kate, but whatever. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> now, the, the issue I have is that we've seen Owens and Reigns touch way too much in the last two months, even. So I, I just, I don't really want to see this. I mean, making it no DQ, it's going to let them do shortcuts to make the match not seem drawn out as much as their regular matches are. Because their styles really don't mesh, I find. No, the but, matches have always been bad. <laughs> I'm not seeing a good Rowan Reigns versus Kevin Owens match. Um, other highlights from Raw. We saw sit-down interviews with Bailey and Charlotte. Bailey acting like the plucky young fan and Charlotte acting like the overt oh heel. Is this the same thing we've heard for is, weeks upon weeks. Nothing new. Neither it, of them actually were in the arena. Did, is this the one? I didn't watch this, but I heard people talk about this on Twitter. Is this the one where Bailey was doing nursery rhymes? No, that was earlier. The, that was earlier in the month. Okay, no, yeah. I remember for hear, this I, one. It was just her and Corey Graves. Oh, well, that's okay. Well, I, I remember hearing a lot about the nursery rhymes, and I thought, oh my god. <laughs> but okay, so they were just talking to Corey Graves. Neither one of them could be bothered to be on the show. I got you. Okay. No, they uh, they were both. "Quote unquote" recorded earlier tonight, so neither one were actually on the show. Yeah, because fans, when they buy tickets, they come to watch. They come to watch the video wall. Um, you know. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Uh, speaking of reasons to watch the video wall, Nia Jax squashes some local enhancement talent, gets ambushed by Banks afterwards. Sasha looks fine for her knee, so their match is still going to go on. Yay! Mm. Um, the Tag team title feud showcase Cesaro versus Luke Gallows. Nothing exciting here at all. Um, Gallows gets the win after a miscommunication. Oh no, it's between Cesaro and Janus. Imagine that. And the main event of the night wasn't a match. It was a promo from Goldberg, 
who didn't know what he was supposed to say, probably because he banged his head backstage and was bleeding. Um, I found it hard to concentrate because he was bleeding. And then... You don't usually get... You can slowly see the blood trickling down his forehead. And I was like, somebody get the man a Band-Aid, please. I'm surprised they didn't stop the promo and make the doctor come out. Yeah. It it wouldn't have hurt the promo. (laughs) Thankfully, Paul Heyman comes out and does one of his speeches you've all heard over and over again, which... I mean, I understand the repetition, but he's, he's still getting reactions from the crowd, and that's more than Goldberg was doing. They were just chanting Goldberg because he was standing there, and no one cared what he was saying. Um, Brock Lesnar made a surprise appearance. At least it was a surprise to me. I didn't know he was going to be in the building. Um, they didn't advertise it because he didn't do anything. He gets to the ring. Goldberg and Brock are looking at each other. Then the lights go out. We hear the gong. Undertaker yoga teleports into the middle of the ring. And then they all have a stare down as the lights go out and the show's over. So maybe the local fans got to see something we didn't, but from what we saw, it was not a good main event. Ugh. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Uh, none of that. It, just hearing you talk about it, I mean, it, no offense to you, but it didn't spark any interest for me to watch this show. Um, as far as, you know, <laughs> I, I think Goldberg bleeding might have been the highlight. And that's just because, well, you don't see too many people get busted open in a promo. So, <laughs> he probably got his bell wrong. So, okay, if anybody out there who watched this got this more, got you, or made you more excited for the Royal Rumble and it sold you more than you wanted to see it even more now than you did before, because this was technically the go-home show for the Raw brand, uh, yeah. please please let us know. Uh, you know, you happen mad or what you say, Mark. Tell us about what it is that just sold you on this, because I would... I would be interested to hear it. Uh, I, I, do, I do recommend trying to track down that Sami Zayn-Seth Rollins match. Great match, worth watching. I'd recommend that and nothing else. Uh, we're gonna Matt's going to take us over here to SmackDown. Now, before you before you decide that we're just I'm, you know, we're just negative, 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 I will tell you, I do like SmackDown better than Raw. That's not saying a whole lot because I really don't like Raw at all. Uh, they're, you know, they're infomercials I think I would rather watch. But SmackDown actually puts forth somewhat of an effort, so I do tend to try to keep up with it a little bit closer. I, by, more closely, I watch more of their YouTube clips than I do Raw, <laughs> generally speaking. So, Matt, give us all the highlights from uh, uh, thir- uh, Tuesday night. Excuse me, yeah, Tuesday night SmackDown. All right. Well, we start out with Brian telling Miz he's getting a title match and making it a lumberjack match, which is going to be our main event. So already the show is starting out way better. Miz is, doing see, some of the, Miz is doing the best work of his career right now. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. Miz has been one of the most entertaining things about WWE in the last year. Since the day after Mania when Maurice came back, I'd say. He's been on the run of his career for sure. Um, we get the culmination, I suppose, of Luke Harper and Randy Orton's little mini-feud. Orton beats Harper clean. Bray Wyatt hits Harper with a sister Abigail at the end, and then they pose... So Harper's out of the Wyatt family, or this amounts to nothing. We didn't get answers. We just got, which I guess is normal for Wyatt family stuff, but I mean, it, I didn't really understand what the fuck we were supposed to take away from that. If if, if they're going to turn Luke Harper face, I hope they, you know, change him up a little bit, you know, maybe buy some clothes, um, you know, something. Uh, How do you turn him face? Or just beat him clean. I don't know. It's WWE logic. There's a lot of things. <laughs> There's a lot of things that don't make sense. But if he just got beat up by two guys, I'm assuming he's supposed to be the face in this whole thing ultimately. So well, there... he wasn't even beat up by two guys. Orton beat him clean, and then 
Yeah. Bray Wyatt came in the ring, picked yeah. him up, said something, and then hit with Sister Abigail. So he yeah. was beat by two different guys, but not at the same time. So it wasn't even like a double beat down or anything. Uh, I don't know what the fuck. I, well, I, I don't either. But uh, my logic says, if I was, if booking logic says, it's maybe somebody's going to have a face turn. So if it's Luke Harper, I hope that they let him, you know, you know, I don't know if he's going to have a face turn. Maybe he can buy some wrestling gear um, and stop, stop wrestling like a janitor. Uh, <laughs> instead of dressing like a janitor. That's just me, though. So, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Um, first hour of SmackDown, that was pretty much the only highlight. We got to see Nikki Bella getting attacked earlier in the night by Natalia because we haven't seen that yet. Well, you know, that's that's, that's where we're going to differ just a little bit right there because I have very little dislike for Nikki Bella. So, anytime somebody wants to beat her up on camera, I'm okay with it. I mean, even even if the guy working concession just wants to, you know, shoot the t-shirt cannon in her chest, I'm okay with that. Whatever. She, she just doesn't do anything for me personally. Um, and then we got Renee Young calling out Mickey James. They had a quick promo there from Mickey James, which, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, Mark, but I'm glad Mickey's back. Oh, I love Mickey James. That's why this is, you know, this is, this is the part of the show where I'm going to put things over. I love Mickey James. I, I can't think of too many things that she did that I don't like. And she's doing really, really good. I did watch some of this on YouTube, and I have a, a based on what she said. If she's supposed to be the heel, I'm not sure how, because she talked about how you know Alexa is the only one who uh, pays you know who, who has any kind of care about history. You know, and pays homage to the women who came before, because everybody else talks about the women's revolution and like you know like. Like that was when 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 Stephanie Mann called it that. That's when women wrestling suddenly began. That's not a heel promo. <laughs> when you when you pay homage to history and you talk about history uh, of the women's division and you talk about the women that came before the quote unquote women's revolution, which by the way is stupid. Um, that's not a heel promo. <laughs> Well, it was a very heartfelt promo, a very yes. passionate looking promo. <laughs> I'm not. Why am I supposed to boo her? <laughs> But go ahead. You're supposed to boo her because everyone's supposed to love Becky Lynch. She's the plucky underdog. I like Who Becky too, you? but Mickey's a better promo. <laughs> oh yeah, I've never really understood Becky being the underdog as she's been toted as the number one SmackDown woman's pick. That's not really the story of an underdog, but I like Alexa Bliss too. Don't get me wrong. I I, I like all three of these women. I have nothing against any of them. I, I think they're all extremely talented. But I watched that promo. That's not. That's not a heel promo. That's not what you do to get heat. You don't know. That's not how this works. <laughs> I, well, she she lured Becky into a trap minutes later, so that would be where the booing would make sense. But well, yeah, Becky, I agree. She's not talking like a heel, but Mickey's never really... She, she's always been the face, I feel, or if not the face, the understandable heel. Except like, when she was doing that stalker angle with Trish Stratus a while back. Well, right. That was like 11 years ago, though. Yeah, well, she was an understandable heel then. Then she's just a creepy heel. Well, that was back before anyone knew who she was, though. Oh, that's true, too. So, so was, yeah. like, her whole history has been, like, a fan favorite. Like, she came back for NXT for so the Survivor Series takeover, and she was a face there. Mm-hmm. Which was funny, because Renee Young's like, we haven't seen you in a ring in seven years. Like, we just saw her two months ago. Clearly, Renee doesn't watch NXT. Because she was on the pre-show. <laughs> she must have just got up and left after it was over. She's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, how do you feel about Alexa Bliss? Do you like Alexa Bliss? 
I think Alexa Bliss is the most entertaining woman on either roster at this point. Amen. I love her facial expressions because exactly. she, they're, they're fantastic. Her, her attitude. <laughs> uh, like, she can use the word rude and get a pop from the crowd. That's 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 talent, folks. That's talent. Yeah, I'm a huge Bliss mark. The, the only thing I would tweak about her is I'm not sure the Twisted Bliss is a good heel finish, but no, that's a, that's but a very minor nitpick. On a, on a, you know, just a, I wouldn't normally wear the stuff that they sell, but I would actually wear her t-shirt. I, I like her t-shirt. Uh, I would actually wear that, so. <laughs> oh, I, I, another minor nitpick I have of her, and you're going to call me a mark for a totally different reason, is she's calling her fans bliss fits, and it reminds me of when Miz called his fans misfits like 10 years earlier. Well, I understand that. Stole Miz's gimmick. Well, he doesn't, have, he, he doesn't use it anymore, so they recycle a lot in wrestling, so. I'm still a misfit, damn it. Well, that's fine. You 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 can you, you can moonlight as a bliss fit. Too. Uh, I'm, I'm both. To be honest. You don't you don't want to bliss her. You don't want to bliss her off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> we all want to have our merry blissmas. There you go. If you if y'all want to get out of that t-shirt, we'll take it. But anyway, go ahead. Keep, go ahead. <laughs> so the, the one hour main event of SmackDown saw AJ Styles come out and cut a promo. He cut a promo on the Royal Rumble poster, which. I mean, fair point. He's, like, way tucked away in the back while Cena's in the front four. But it's Cena, so it's what we expected. He calls out John and shows a clip of Cena on the Today Show. This doesn't even air in Canada, so I certainly didn't see it. Maybe you saw it if you watch daytime television. But apparently, John Cena and two local people were referring to AJ Styles as that guy from Atlanta throughout the entire show. And just rightfully pisses off Styles and... It's real class act from Cena. I hope that this was pre-proved. If not, this is just pathetic to see. Uh, Styles demands respect. Cena's like, no one gives me respect. And then Rodney Dangerfield comes out and says, no one gives him respect. And that's the whole message of this promo. Followed by a homina, uh, homina, uh, homina. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Cena forgot that he lost his Styles at SummerSlam because he says that he's going to bury AJ Styles and he's going to take the title, which AJ only has because Cena has allowed it. It seems to me like they're they're letting him go as close to being a heel as they can without him actually making the full turn as far as John Cena goes. Because, I mean, finally after, he's been getting booed since, like, what, 2005? And uh, they finally decided to turn the corner on that and maybe maybe let him be a little bit, little bit more heelish, maybe? Yeah, I believe the booing started July 2005 when he gets drafted to Raw and immediately enters in a program with Jericho. Yeah. See, uh, and he went from Jericho to Angle to Edge, and like the, everyone booed him. So he's issue, been booed, yeah, for over a decade. The issue here is like you know, it, it, it seems to be the case on both rosters, honestly, where whoever they have in the top picture, they want is one thing, but the fans treat him as another. Like AJ is over. I mean, he he should be the, he should be a face because they cheer him no matter what he does anyway. They love him, and Cena, of course, constantly gets booed. Where like on Raw, you know, Rowan's supposed to be the face, but I there fit there forty thousand people in the arena who wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. So I mean, it, it, it's a case of well, you know, the WWE wants you to feel this way, but you the fans don't tend to feel this way. So it, 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 they're, they're fighting the fans here, trying to get the fans to be like, yeah, Cena, go Cena, and and nobody over nobody over ten probably. <laughs> is in the, in the audience, you know, cheering John Cena anymore. Yeah, but that's always been their style, is to go with their guy. 
even going back to WrestleMania five, Savage was being cheered and Hogan was being booed and Savage is the dirty heel and Hogan's the cut clean babyface who faked an injury the next year, but that's beside the point. But it, it's it's basically been going on since Vince took over the WWF is he picks a guy, he runs with that guy, and he, he doesn't care what we think, he's <laughs> gonna tell us how we feel. And yeah, he's actually said that in promos before too. You know, I I tell you what you like and don't like. You don't tell me. So it, it's it's an interesting thing um, that that you know that they they are part of it is is wrestling, especially people in that on that level live in a bubble, and in that bubble, the only people they actually listen to feedback from are from the people who are in the bubble with them. The rest of us are not in the bubble. We're screaming at the bubble. But they're just like, oh, no, they love you. I'm sure when Roman goes back through the back and he's just like, oh, man, they really were they're like, you know, shitting on me out there tonight, man. I'm sure Vince or one of the road agents comes up to them. No, no, they weren't booing you. No, no, they were just trolling Jericho by booing you. You know, like boo earns. Yeah, boo earns. <laughs> That's what it is, man. Don't worry about it. It's just great. You're a huge star, bro. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there's, there's a constant, uh, a constant struggle from WWE with their fans and uh, getting them to go where they want them to go, and very rarely uh, do they go. You know, I remember somebody pointed this out. I didn't actually see this, but somebody pointed this out to me the other day that on the it wasn't I don't know if it was this show, the show before last, the one before the one where uh, Jericho won the U.S. title. They cut yeah. to a fan in the audience during the live broadcast who was losing his fucking mind because he was happy that Jericho won the title. But when they put it up on the YouTube clip, they clipped in a part where that fan, instead of him cheering, they clipped to a part of the show apparently where they called him where he was looking like he was about to cry. And they put that on the YouTube clip to make it look like Roman was over. Uh, I've never looked at the YouTube clip, so I'll take your word for it on that. that that's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> Although, again, there's precedent for that. Oh, yeah. if, you've, if you've ever seen the 92 Royal Rumble, which I'm sure you have because it's the greatest Royal Rumble in the history of the company. It's the one I've watched uh, the most. Yeah, Ric Flair eliminates Hogan at the end and the crowd goes nuts. Yep. And on WWF Superstars a week later, they redub the entire audio. And when Hogan gets eliminated, they like seagull in booze on Ric Flair. And yeah. that's something a, a, a podcast that I listened to pointed out. And I found that to be endlessly entertaining. Yeah, that's just like when WCW used to chant, pop in the Goldberg chants when he wasn't getting chanted for anymore. So, uh, I assume there might be some of that going on. But okay, we've done the highlights for the for the go home shows for each brand, uh, Raw and SmackDown. So we're gonna do the Rumble predictions quickly here, and we're actually gonna do the pre show matches that nobody's probably gonna watch. Um, but I tell you what, let's just work our way up the card instead of going top down. Because okay, there's two pre show matches apparently. Uh, I guess that means the pre-show must be like four hours or something because they tend to be like seven or eight hour shows total. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax in a battle of women that have lost their way because, you know, Sasha was really, really over until she can't win matches anymore, or at least not twice in a row. <laughs> and Nia Jax is, well, she's she's related to The Rock. Um, <laughs> that's about all I can say about her. Um, I know that they. I, she has an interesting look. She's not, in my opinion, very good in the ring. But either way, who you got? Is it going to be Nia or is it going to be Sasha Banks? Um, I see no reason for Sasha to win this because why she's... should she? It's pay per view. Well, we got that. 
<laughs> there is that. And there's also, <laughs> like, they've already said they're not doing Sasha Charlotte again. So, Nia Jax, she, she hasn't looked very good since Survivor Series when she tapped clean to Becky. So, I think Nia Jax needs to win here, so I'm going to go with her. I mean, she tapped. Uh, in terms yeah. of, I will say this about Nia Jax, though. Um, I don't know if you've seen these on YouTube or Facebook, but she does these Q&A sessions with Alexa Bliss, and she has a personality. Like, she, she talks comfortably. She was on Up, Up, Down, Down. She did a decent job speaking. They just they don't give her a chance to showcase this. They just sh- shove her in these three, four-minute squash matches, and no one's going to get behind those. You know what my favorite Nia Jax feud was? Um, Alicia Fox. Was, ex- oh. oh, dear Lord. <laughs> And that was more because of Alicia Fox, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'll never forget when she was in that, they had that little backstage segment, and Alicia picked up something and threw it at her and actually hit her. And Alicia's like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I, I agree with you. I think Nia's going to win this thing because what's the point in Sasha winning? But, uh, you know, just to play devil's advocate, they said we weren't going to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn again a few months ago, and that's all you see on Raw about, about at least once a month. <laughs> so, you never know. Uh, the other tag team, the other uh, pre-show match, I should say, which is also a tag team match, I should say, uh, is for the tag, t- the Raw tag team titles, I guess. Wouldn't that make them the universal tag titles? Anyway, Cesaro and Sheamus, who are the champions, uh, will be defending against Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, uh, formerly of the Bullet Club, uh, Matt. And now, this, this, according to my notes here, this match has two referees. And going by our Raw highlights, I'm assuming it has something to do with what happened on Raw this week. Uh, it's actually what happened on Raw two weeks ago, Mark. Sit down, and I shall tell you a tale. Yeah, please do. So, I, I'm I'm sure you're familiar with the dusty finish. It's been a wrestling staple since. It is. He didn't come up with it, but that's what it's called. Yeah. So. Two weeks ago, we have this exact match with one referee. Uh, Sheamus gets the hot tag, which is not very hot because he's Sheamus, and he's punching anything that moves, including the referee. He turns around, blasts the referee with a straight punch, looks like he's upset that he did this. He gets hit by the magic killer by the heels, gets pinned. A second referee comes down, counts the three, and the club are declared the tag champions. Referee number one gets revived and says, Hold the phone! This man done punched me! He's disqualified! And gives the tag titles right back to Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh So, the dusty finish in which the heels get screwed out of the title by the faces. I don't think I've ever seen this before. Have you, Mark? It usually works in reverse. Exactly. (laughs) Which was very confusing for the entire audience. And because they went from booing to cheering, which is not normally something you do with a finish like this. It's, it's, it's not a good sign when the referee gets the pop. No, it's really not. And the referee couldn't couldn't wait to hand over the tag belts to Sheamus and Cesaro, too. It was, as soon as it was announced, he's like, here you go. Please don't hate me. And then the club obviously beat the crap out of everybody because they're pissed. Rightfully so. Corey Graves is really hard to be a heel commentator when he's the only one making sense. Well, saying well, that this is BS, essentially. They pinned him clean. The referee counted the three. The referee's decision is supposed to be final. So now we have two referees. So clearly when one of them gets punched, the other one can call for the DQ right away. Oh, are they both in the ring? 
I guess so. It wasn't explained. It seems to me, the, the, the logic of this is, it seems to me that two referees are what caused the problem. So why would you do it again? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, if the, if you go by the logic of the original match, yes, they should have been disqualified and the champions, or the, and they, yeah, they should have got disqualified, end of. Okay, that's what happens when the referee gets back up. But in this case, two referees are the reason the problem started in the first place and the reason we're having to have this again, much less we're having two referees. So I'm not really sure what this, what two referees is going to resolve unless they're just looking to drag this out even longer. And the, yeah. fact, that it, and the fact that it's on the pre-show pretty much tells you that it's probably not going to matter what happens. It's probably going to be kind of a screwy finish again. They'll probably get both referees knocked out and here comes a third to disqualify everybody. And, you know, the next week we'll bring back, I don't know, fucking bushwhackers. I don't know, but <laughs> Mike Tyson as the enforcer. Yeah, there you go. So you know, I'm not sure what this is going to resolve. And uh, I, I don't watch pre-shows. I do watch the pay-per-views. I will tell you that I do. I do make a point to watch the pay-per-views. I don't tend to watch the pre-shows because I don't care. And neither one of these matches interests me, so I don't expect anything major to happen. So, uh, I, I I predict the title retention. Okay, well, sure, I'll go with that. I'll say they'll retain, probably on some bullshit, and there'll be a, uh, you know, uh, some kind of a reverse dusty finish where the faces will have won, and then the heels will have won, and the faces will have won, and they'll restart the matches, and the heels will have won. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, on to the Royal Rumble, and the first match we're going to call filler, because, well, that's what it is. Uh, uh, we got a two-on-two tag match on the pre-show with two referees, and a three-on-three tag match with one referee as uh, Becky Lynch, uh, Naomi, who I do like Naomi, by the way, as well, and Nikki Bella, who I don't really give a crap about, uh, against the Lace of Bliss, who I'm a fan of, Mickey James, who I'm a fan of, and Natalia, who I generally like. Uh, in a six-person tag match like this, uh, this is just going to fill time, honestly. There's, I, I don't see anybody... If, if anything happens, I will say that it will probably be uh, Becky Lynch pinning Alexa Bliss potentially, so they can have another match on SmackDown uh, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, because I don't think they're done with that feud yet, unless they're going with Becky versus Mickey next, which would be fun to watch, but I feel like we're just buying time until Nikki Bella goes after the title, so, what do you think? Um, I, based on a small promo on SmackDown, I'm actually going to go with Naomi pinning Bliss, um, and that way you've got three different pairs going into Mania, and none of them will see the card because it's Mania. Well, there you go. But I think I think those are the three pairs they're going to go with. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we also have the 205 Live Championship, better known as the Cruiserweight title, uh, as Rich Swan defends against the only one of the only two interesting characters on the entire Cruiserweight roster, uh, Neville. <laughs> and the other one would be Jack Gallagher. Or Gallagher, I'm sorry. Uh, those no, be- I thought the other one was Alicia Fox. Uh, she's on the roster, too? Fantastic. Uh <laughs> Uh, I assume I assume this is Neville's. I figure this is Neville's moment. And he's going to get his title. So because I mean he's honestly the most over person on the roster in the 205 Live. But what you think? Um, I think Rich Swan's going to retain. He hasn't held the title that long. Neville, like Neville, just came back at last pay per view. So I think he's going to keep chasing. Um, they they might wait. They might give it to him on Mania, but I don't know if they're even going to be on Mania. So I think I think Neville's going to wait either till next month or maybe if he can get that far. I'll be impressed if the cruiserweight division lasts through 2017. I really will. 
they don't. 2017. Through, through, throughout 2017, is what I said. Throughout 2017. I don't think it's going to last that long because they've kind of set it up for failure because they record this show right after SmackDown, and the fans are pretty well dead by that point if they're not asleep. So by the time of Crew of Five, I, no, nobody gets popped. Nobody, you know, there's nobody really excited for the show, and that really hurts the crap. That really hurts the show, even though the wrestlers are doing a fantastic job generally. Uh, I have watched a few episodes of 205 Live because I, you know, it is a good show, but it just, like I said, it, it's kind of prime for failure the way they do it. So yeah, before the end of the year, I suspect Braun Strowman will come in and destroy the entire cruiserweight division and just eat the title. Which is still better than Hornswoggle winning it. Well, I'm sure he'll be under the ring somewhere if he's not working in GFW still. Um, more title matches, all title matches on the card, actually, apparently, except for that one, except for that one six person tag. Um, Women's title, Charlotte versus Bailey. Go ahead, what you got? Um, I think Charlotte's going to retain. Charlotte doesn't lose on pay-per-view, and it seems odd for the first one to be the Royal Rumble. This is Bailey's first chance at the title, so I don't think she's getting it. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's probably... She'll, I thought Bailey will get it. This won't be here. It'll probably be WrestleMania or something. Because I get, you know... And then, then Charlotte will get it back two weeks later so she can start working on that, you know, 16-time run. That Big E joked about that got him in trouble, um, <laughs> <laughs> which was fairly true, honestly. Uh, so yeah, I figured we have a retention on that one. Uh, world Championship, or what, I thought it was the WWE Championship, but the WWE World Championship, whatever. Uh, AJ Styles versus John Cena. Uh, I'll go ahead and pick Cena here because of the fact that he's lost every time he's faced AJ, <laughs> every single time. So at some point, Super Cena has to come out, and I figure it'll be here. What do you think? Uh, I'm still liking Styles. I think Styles is going to retain. I don't think he's going to beat him clean this time, but I think Styles is going to find a way to walk out with the title, uh, and that'll lead to Super Cena next month. But for this one, I think Styles is going to walk out. I could be wrong, but that's why I'm picking. All right. Uh, Universal Championship. We're we're fighting for the title in Orlando. Um, Kevin Owens defends against Roman Reigns that we talked about earlier, and I think we covered this a little bit already. Uh, Ah, oh my goodness, I don't really care one way or the other. Personally, uh, the the booker in me wants to think that because the the, the rules favor the face so, so much, <laughs> in theory, that he's probably not going to win because it just seems too obvious. But it's Roman Reigns, and we're supposed to love him anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised if he actually won. I, like I said, I don't have a dog in this hunt, so I'm not really, I don't really care one way or the other what you think. I think Owens is going to win because of the no DQ stipulation. Yeah, it's just too it's just too stacked in favor of Roman. You know, oh we have a shark. You know, this could be a lot easier. You could save money on that cage and just tell Jericho, you know, just throw him out of the building, and that's a lot cheaper. But, yeah, well, but, I mean, but, but they don't he, sell they don't sell action figures. So <laughs> you can even have Triple H make an appearance in this match. He's the one who crowned Owens in the first place. It's Seth Rollins' best friend. Kind of got that built in as well. So I, I, I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I think Owens is going to find a way either way. Well, more power to him. And last, we don't know all the entrants for the Royal Rumble. They haven't all been revealed yet. Uh, the ones that I have here listed, uh, I'll just read them really, really, really fast. Undertaker, Goldberg, Lesnar, Jericho, Orton, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Dean Ambrose, The Miz, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Big Show, Braun Strowman, Big E, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, Cesaro, Sheamus, Big Cass, Rusev, Mo- Mojo Raleigh? Oh, sorry. Uh, Baron Corbin and eight unannounced people, which is a fantastic uh, number to put in. 
And, and Chris Jericho. Oh, that's for the main event. Okay. Yeah. So. Why is Mojo Rawley? Okay. Mojo Rawley won a battle royal on this week's SmackDown to get entered. It was a battle royal of all the tag teams and Mojo Rawley because Zack Ryder's injured. It was the most predictable thing I've ever seen. I don't get why some people can just announce that they're entering and other people have to qualify for it. That that that, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, I mean, what what match did the Undertaker win? <laughs> it doesn't, you know. So if you're gonna do it one, you gotta do it all, I guess. Uh, according to an interview recently with Triple H, he says that he doesn't think anybody is going to see uh, the winner of this one coming. So, by that logic, I'm probably going to go with The Undertaker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he'll probably be last to come out because he's, you know, pretty old now, and I don't think he's going to be able to hang for the whole match. <laughs> still, still be okay. Uh, probably maybe him. Uh, if I If I gave it to the person who I thought deserved it, and has earned it the most by their work this year, I would give it to The Miz. But I would be very, 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 very surprised if The Miz actually won the Royal Rumble. Um, I don't, and you know, like I said, I'm assuming some of the eight are surprises too, so I don't know what, I, I don't know who all's in it. Nobody does but WWE, but who, who are your prediction, or is your prediction for the Royal Rumble? Um, I'm, I'm sticking with my initial gut, and that was Chris Jericho. Jericho's had a great year himself, I think it's going to lead to Jericho, Kevin Owens at Mania. And it's a story they've told before where people get broken up because the Royal Rumble gets won. Batista, Triple H is what comes to mind immediately. And I think they're going to try telling that again with Jericho winning. All right. Well, uh, who's, do you have a long shot pick? Um, long, well, I, I'd go with yours and say Miz. I think Miz <laughs> deserves it. Um, I would agree with that. Another long shot pick I have is Balor, who's not even listed as an entrant, but I think he's cleared now, so Balor could come in and win it. Then Balor Owens and Mania can be for the title. Uh, surprises. It's, not, hmm? it's not a long shot to win, but I do think Tyler Bates is going to make an appearance in this year's Rumble. If they're going to try and make the United Kingdom Championship mean anything, they're going to put him on the Rumble. Kind of like what they did with uh, Rusev a couple years ago, just have him show up do something impressive and then get eliminated. Do you, Doesn't hurt him at all and it showcases what he can do. Do you think Kurt Angle will be a surprise entrant? I do not. I don't think Angle can get cleared by the WWE doctors. Mm-hmm. At least not so soon. Uh, 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 my long shot pick and it, it, it really, really long shot. Well, uh, I, I will go with Big E as my long shot pick because I really like Big E. I think he's kind of... Uh, the, the he's the most entertaining part <laughs> for me with the new day and the new day wore off on me a long time ago, but he'll be my long shot pick and I'll and you know I, I'll just base the Miz on who deserves it the most out of the names that are on this list, uh, and I could see Jericho winning too. Who I don't think is going to win is Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Big Show, Braun Strowman. <laughs> 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 it's a long list of people who I don't think will win. I do think we'll see Samoa Joe as a surprise. Uh, I think he's. If I've, I've read, he's done. A, he's finished up his angle or his feud with uh, the for the NXT title now. So seems like a good time to bring him up. You ready to see some old Joe on the main roster? No, I, I've been ready to see some old Joe on the main roster for a year now. Oh, well, you think we might see it? Um, I hope so. Although being in the Royal Rumble doesn't automatically put you on the main roster either. If he's just the rise entrant, I'd love for him to be up on SmackDown. SmackDown could use more actual heels. I think The Miz is the top heel on SmackDown because AJ is cheered every time you see him. So SmackDown could definitely use him. 
Um, whether or not he is, that's anyone's guess. But uh, yeah. I, I think it'd be a great surprise to have Samoa Joe in there. The, the, the Miz is the best heel in WWE, period. I mean, you pick your pick a brand. I don't care which one you go with. He's the best on the uh, he's the best on the entire roster right now, as far as I'm concerned. Not going to hear arguments from me. I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> I didn't figure I would. All right, folks, this has been a supersized edition, first edition of the of the Gorilla Position. As I said, we'll be back here next week where we'll either be talking about uh, the latest news, if there is any. If not, we will be getting in-depth with uh, several topics. And since it's WrestleMania season, I have a feeling we'll be, if there's nothing else going on, we'll get into uh, some WrestleMania uh, match predictions and maybe even ranking the best and worst WrestleManias of the past, you know, from one to now. So we'll see. Like I said, uh, tune back in. We'll be back here next Friday, this coming Friday. The show drops every Friday. So come back here and we'll be back for the next edition. And thank you for joining us. Again, you can follow Matt at Yappa Matt, Y A P P A M A T T, and me at What You, the letter U, say Mark on Twitter. Hit us up. Let us know what you think of the show. And we'll see you back here next week on the gorilla position. And in the words, of the late great Mont Gorilla Monsoon, uh, you could cut the electricity with a knife. See you. It's next happening. Week.